Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Good evening and welcome to the Joe Beam Show. Tonight we have a very special program in that we have a very brave woman who has decided to come on and talk with me about what it's like to be in love with another man when she's married. Actually, she describes it as being madly in love, quote, end quote. Understand that as I talk to her, I will be very um, respectful. I will make sure that, that she does not feel attacked in any shape, fashion, or form. I appreciate the fact that she's coming on to be honest with us and to help us understand. If you've listened to this program very much, you know that I talk about a thing called limerence, L-I-M-E-R-E-N-C-E, limerence, which is the word we use in the social sciences to describe what it's like to be madly in love with another person. I've talked about my experience with it, but that was over 30 years ago. I've talked about what we have learned from the research of others, such as Dr. Helen Fisher, and what we have learned from people that we work with, and literally thousands upon thousands of people have been through the workshops and seminars and courses that I've developed, over 200,000 people to date. But that's not the same as talking to a person who is feeling it right now and is courageous enough to come on the air and talk to me about it. Now, during this program, I will not be taking calls as long as she is on the air with me. Now, the reason for that is because of the fact that I don't want to run the chance of somebody treating her disrespectfully. I mean, I appreciate her courage. I pre- appreciate the fact that she's going to be open and help us talk about these things. And therefore, I will not take any call to talk to her while she's on the air with me just to make sure that nobody treats her badly. Now, I'm not going to be using her real name, and I'm certainly not going to tell you where she lives or anything like that. I'm just going to be calling her Angela. That's a name I made up. Well, actually, it's the name of one of my daughters. But I'm using the name Angela uh, to help protect her identity. And so, Angela, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, thank you very much. If you don't mind, I'll just start by asking you some questions and just kind of walk you through this, if that's okay. And if at any point, yes. at any point you feel that I'm not being respectful or anything, you tell me, because I certainly don't want that to happen. I don't want any pressure to be felt by you at all, okay? Okay, yes. All right. So if, if I may, first I'll just ask you, how long have you been married? I have been married, it was 13 years July of this year. Okay, you so we've been married 13 years. Okay. And, uh, and again, any question I ask you don't want to answer, don't. But I just want to help get the picture here. About what age were you when you married? Um, I was 20. Okay. So you were relatively young. And was your mm-hmm. husband a uh, similar age? Yes. He was just like 18 months older. Okay. So you're similar ages. Now, you married mm-hmm. 13 years ago. And mm-hmm. I'm going to come back and ask you uh, in a little while some questions about your marriage, if I may. But right now, let's skip forward for a while. You met another man, and uh, we don't need to talk about where you met him, because I want to make sure we protect your identity. But you were in a situation where you were uh, exposed to this man in the sense that you could talk, have conversations, those kinds of things, correct? Yes. 
Okay. And how long did it take to develop the intense emotions that you felt for him? Did it happen suddenly or did it happen over time? It was probably over time, about a span of maybe three to six months, um, just, you know, getting to know him, talking, spending time together, that I really started to develop very deep feelings for this man. Okay. And and when during that period of, you said about six months, I think you said, when during that period mm-hmm. of six months did you begin to realize that you were developing deep emotions for him? Um, about halfway through. I mean, from the beginning, I knew that I just enjoyed being with him and seeing him, and I would go out of my way to, you know, see how he was doing and say hi to him or see him. But then, you know, a few months into it, I was like, I really, really care for this man. Okay, so you found him attractive in some fashion, either physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, something. And that happens. Mm-hmm. That's not a big thing. Did and, and these are the kind of questions I, I think people out there might be thinking, so I'll ask you this. Mm-hmm. Did you have any idea when you started these conversations with this gentleman that it would lead you to where you are now? Um, unfortunately, yes. Okay, I so had you kind were, of an inkling early on where it was going to lead. Okay, is that, were you looking for that? Were you seeking that? I wasn't. You know, like I didn't go out on a dating website or anything of that nature, personal ad or anything, but it was just like right there. And I got so caught up in it that okay. I knew what, where it was going to lead. Okay. And if I may ask, uh, since you knew that that was where it was going to lead, you felt that. Now, what I'm, uh, and you tell me if I'm interpreting this correctly or not. The way I'm interpreting that is that the initial attraction to him was very strong then. Is that correct? Yes. Well, okay. yes, it was. Okay, you sound like you want to qualify that, so please do. Well, I, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't until, right, like as soon as I really got to talk to him and get to know him more, because um, just from a straight, um, you know, physical, visual standpoint, it wasn't that attraction. It wasn't until I got to know him because there's a quite a significant age difference as well between us. So it was more about the emotional, just in the intellectual side of things. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm glad you clarified that. So it wasn't like you saw this guy and thought, oh my goodness, what a handsome man. It was like when you started talking to him, having these conversations, you you really enjoyed that. You said that earlier emotionally. If mm-hmm. You said a significant age difference. May I ask about how many years that is? 33. Okay. And so I'm assuming that, that based on how old you must be, based on when you said you got married, that he is older mm-hmm. than you. Okay, that would be the only way I can conclude that, obviously. Okay. Oh, so you start having <laughs> – okay. Otherwise, he would be zero, so the math wouldn't work. So forgive me for being a little dull sometimes, okay? No. So you okay. started having these come. You started having these conversations, and Mm -hmm. what were they about to begin with? Um, They were just about life in general, um, about what we both do for a living. We have that Mm -hmm. in common um, Mm -hmm. a lot and could share things that I didn't have in common with my husband. Um, And then, you know, we would talk a lot about his kids and my kids and Mm -hmm. just and just had an incredible sense of humor where we could just, you know, really pull out the best in each other as far mm-hmm. as just 
just having that connection. Okay. And and so once those conversations started and you started feeling those things, you knew you were attracted to him. Now, uh, and again, this is not a setup question. I'm just trying to get information out there for everybody. Are are you a religious person by any chance? I am. Okay. And so when you knew when this emotional connection started because of the conversations, you said a minute ago you didn't you didn't back off from that. How did that affect you based on your beliefs and values? Um. Uh, greatly. I mean, I pulled away from everything as far mm-hmm. as kind of church, you know, went to the wayside. And because again, I was, I'm the one in the family that makes sure we all get up Sunday and get to church. And so that kind mm-hmm. of, I just quit doing that. And nobody said anything, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and just everything, my whole, you know, relationship with Christ just really, of course, took a backseat. Okay. And you knew that was happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, all right. And how did you feel about that as it was occurring? Um, I tried to not think about it mm-hmm. and just let, you know, how good the other, uh, you know, just this new relationship and how wonderful it felt, um, just really kind of just try to let that take over. Okay, so that was fulfilling a need within you, quite obviously. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the marriage. And I certainly uh, don't want you to throw your husband under the bus. That's not what this is about. But I'm, I'm assuming that you felt to some degree emotionally unfulfilled in the marriage. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Was your husband aware of that? Um, probably not because men don't seem, and I don't mean any offense, but men just don't seem to be quite as aware of, you know, emotional needs of a woman it seems but yeah I don't think it wasn't like he knew and just didn't care I just don't think he just was oblivious to it okay and did you at any point try to explain it to him no okay and the reason for that was that because you didn't think he would respond positively or because you didn't think he would understand or because was I mean what was the reason why didn't you try to explain it to him yeah, probably a combination of both. I just didn't think it would matter to him, and and we had had problems for a long, you know, off and on throughout our marriage. And I, I would just stay so busy as I do now with the children and working full time that it was, you know, what was the point of taking what little time we did have together to try to hash out issues, which I know is wrong now, but. Mm-hmm. At the time, we just kind of went through life. You know, I, I think that's probably true of thousands upon thousands of marriages, that very same thing. And and you felt he was oblivious, so you felt emotionally empty. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to ask this. If I ask it earlier, I'm going to ask it a different way now. And I, and, and I did sort of ask it, and you did sort of answer. You didn't actually think okay, I'm looking for a way out of my marriage. I want somebody else to be emotionally involved with. Let me go find somebody. If I heard you correctly, it didn't happen like that. What happened was that you were in an interaction with this other gentleman, and during the course Uh of time, through conversations, you began to feel some of the emotional fulfillment that you had been lacking. Correct? Yes. And then once I started feeling that, then it did morph into uh, I want out of my marriage. 
it just amplified mm-hmm. everything that was wrong in my marriage. I could, you know, of course, see that ten times more. Mm-hmm. And saw this, saw this, uh, this other man as a perfect, you know, just as a way out because I had already fell in love with him at this point, mm-hmm. and just, yeah, really saw myself with him. Okay, was he aware of that at that point? Um, probably not at that point. Okay, so you felt these emotions for him for a while before he realized it. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he knew that there was an attraction, but not that I felt that deeply for him as far as being in love with him. Okay, and how did he find out? Uh, because I finally told him. And if I may ask, okay, you're having that conversation and you tell him these things. What was his reaction? Um, I, I mean, he didn't say it right back that mm-hmm. time, like the first time. And by the time, though, I didn't tell him that till we had started into a physical relationship by that point. As well. Okay, so so before you ever told him about your emotional connection, a physical connection had taken place. Correct. Okay, and who initiated that? Him or you? Um, a little, uh, both of us, both of us. I mean, he invited me over to his home, and Mm -hmm. I was smart enough to know what was going to transpire. Okay, and I'm assuming since he invited you to his home, that means that he is not married. Is that correct? He is not. That is correct. Okay, and so how many months into the relationship was it when he invited you over? Um, well, again, it's hard to think of our – just because we worked right. in the same career path, we knew each other for a while. So mm-hmm. I would say a few months. Okay, a few months. All right. So you're driving over there, and based on what you just said, you had some awareness of what probably was going to happen, which means mm-hmm. that that you wanted it to happen, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, and, and I'm, I'm just trying to help people understand the emotions that go with this. So and like I said earlier, if at any point I ask a question that seems inappropriate or, or that I'm trying to be judgmental, just tell me, hey, I don't like that. I'm just trying to help people understand the emotions. So as you were driving over, did you have any twinges of guilt or fear on the way? Oh, definitely. I did. I was thinking, you know, if my husband knew what I was doing, how hurt mm-hmm. he would be. Um, but mm-hmm. again, I didn't dwell on that. I just tried to just think more of, you know, if it's exciting, um, mm-hmm. I was going to get to go to the home of the this man that I was already falling in love with, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just get to experience. Um, another piece in the puzzle is he lives a much uh, more elaborate lifestyle than I've ever gotten the opportunity to live. So that on top of things is very, you know, just something to be excited and look forward to. Because it was so different and something new, yes. lavish, those kinds of things. Okay. Right. Now, you, you already said that it was sometime after that before you told him that you loved him and that when you mm-hmm. told him that, that he didn't respond in the same way at that time. So as you were driving over there, were you 
thinking maybe he loves me or were you thinking maybe I can get him to love me? Or what were you thinking about that emotional connection that night as you drove over there? Um, I was thinking that I could get him to love me. Mm-hmm. That just given the age difference and the circumstances, I just assumed that this man was going to like just go crazy for me and not mm-hmm. you know, want to ever <laughs> let me go. Okay. So you went knowing it was going to be physical or knowing it probably was going to be physical, but your intent was this is going to be part of the process where he falls in love with me. Correct. Okay. So that's consummated. That's over. You're, you're driving away from there. Can you remember how you felt then? Um, I felt really, really bad. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, kind of just that sick to your stomach feeling when yeah, I knew I, what I had done mm-hmm. to my husband. Yeah. Unfortunately, I know that feeling. Now, it was many, many years ago, decades ago for me, but I know exactly what that feeling is. Did you, and, and I'm just asking because I know what I did, did you at that point pray? No, I didn't. Okay, so you had shut that part of you off before then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the so the guilt you felt wasn't about your spiritual life. The guilt you felt was about the fact that you had um, violated your vows kind of thing, correct? Right, that I was going to hurt, uh, you know, an overall decent man, um, mm-hmm. my husband, you know, and I just mm-hmm. didn't want to hurt him. Did it ever cross your mind that, and, and again, <laughs> I'll, I'll quit saying this because I'm being too repetitive, but you can always say, Joe, that's not a fair question. But was there any part of you that, that worried that maybe he wasn't going to fall in love with you and that somehow what you were trying was actually going to backfire big time on you? Um, a very little bit, just given the world we uh, kind of work in, the similar professions, that was the only thought that went through my mind was if this backfires and we don't like get together and actually stay together, but then other people find out. Mm -hmm. I was more concerned of the backlash. Okay. The consequences, right. That would come from that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how long after that, before you were actually with him again, physically, how much time passed? Um, probably a week. Yeah, it was generally, we were both off on the same day of the week. Okay. So. And did he initiate the second meeting or did you? Um, he would ask me if I'd want to come over or what I was doing a certain afternoon. Okay. All right. Now, somewhere through this process, after you've been physical with him, how long do you think it might have been? And I realize you're having to look back and sometimes it's just hard to know. But how long from the time you actually began to be physical with him before you finally said to him, I love you? Um, Maybe just a handful of times, a few times. So is that like weeks or months or what is that? Um, Probably maybe three to four weeks. Okay. And so you tell him that, and how did he respond? You said he didn't respond by saying he loved you. So what kind of response did he give? Um, I got a very, uh, just a um, guarded response, and he was just like, because at that point, I I really think he, of course, wanted something different. 
he basically said, you know, oh, that was sweet, <laughs> um, but just to be careful that I don't have to, that I don't need to fall in love with everyone I blank have intercourse with. Okay. But he so, was a little more blunt about it. Okay. And and how did you feel when you got that response? Um, it was like a kick to the gut. Mm-hmm. It was not, of course, what I was expecting. Right. Because just as a third party listening, it sounds as if what he just said to you was, I sleep with several women. I can't fall in love with the women I sleep with. That's what it, is that what basically he said? Uh, yes. Similar. Okay. But trying to tell me, trying to like give me advice for the future. I see. <laughs> you know. Okay. And I'm assuming then that you are aware that he sleeps with, or at least he was sleeping with other women. Yes. Okay. Did that make you have any hesitations or doubts about the road, the path you were on at all? Um, somewhat because I didn't want to share somebody. Mm-hmm. So just out of curiosity, since you already felt bad about it and you got that kind of response and, and I think I know the answer, but I want to make sure people out there know the answer. Why did you continue to see him? Um, because I felt so deeply for him. And I felt like, well, he's going to, I'm going to become so, someone that he just can't, that he won't be able to live without. Um, I tried to make myself indisposable as far okay. as doing a lot of stuff for him, just all kinds of stuff to make myself, you know, just where he would need me. Okay. So this emotional connection you had with him was so strong, you basically believed, I will make him fall in love with me, or what I'll do will lead him to fall in love with me. I will be mm-hmm. the woman in his life. Okay. Yeah. And did, did, did that feeling, that thought vacillate over time? I mean, like sometimes you thought I'm accomplishing that, and sometimes you thought I'm not, so it was like a roller coaster sort of thing? Um, a little bit, but then I really started to see him come around and, you know, start initiating, um, you know, texts more and start wanting to see me more and, you know, really started to come around and actually, like, started to open up and talk about the future. Okay. So he was emotionally then beginning to deepen the relationship with you. He was, yes. Okay. Now, I, I think you have heard me talk about limerence before or at least read some of the things I've written about it. Based on how I describe mm-hmm. limerence, you know, that feeling of being madly in love, the intensity mm-hmm. of the emotion, sometimes ecstasy, do you think that word is an adequate descriptor for what you were experiencing? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And did he ever reach that, what we would call limerence? Yes, he did. I mean, he eventually okay. told me he loved me and, you know. Okay. Eventually means two months, six months, a year? How long? Um, probably things more so like started in February of a certain year, and it was that summer, like later, like July of that same year. Okay, a few months later. And had the at that time, as far as you know, stopped having any connection with other women and and you were the only person um he wouldn't come right out (laughs) 
and I was almost too afraid. Like, I didn't want to ask and have to know. Mm-hmm. So I just tried to ignore the other because he was spending so much time with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely knew I was the only woman in his life that was significantly, like, younger and more attractive and would have been, like, more of a trophy, so to speak, to him. Okay. Now, as you say that, I imagine there are people out there listening who are thinking, wow, did you really picture yourself that way? Did you, I mean, is that really how you thought of yourself? Um, somewhat. Okay, yeah, and was I that a... That's why I figured he wouldn't ever, you know, be willing to let me go because I wasn't going to be something he's just going to turn around and have someone else like me tomorrow. Okay, so again, it again was your conviction that that you were the person that he would fall in love and be in love with to the exclusion of all others. You still were, were focused totally on that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Now, I remember from what you wrote that you said a few months ago you broke it off with him, and I know I'm skipping forward now, but I, I think we've laid on mm-hmm. a foundation that I can. Why did that happen? Well, and again, fast forwarding, there um, was, there or still is a woman, another woman in his life um, that he kind of keeps on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And I just got tired by that point of playing second fiddle. And mm-hmm. at the same point, um, my husband was like really pushing to. Um, follow through to finish up our divorce Mm -hmm. Um, and I just was like is this worth giving up you know the occasional every other week fling was it going to be worth that and so Mm -hmm. yeah at the end of March I told him I couldn't you know if I couldn't be the only woman on his arm that I couldn't be with him anymore Mm -hmm. and he of course wanted mentioned staying friends and I said I'm going to try to make things work in my marriage, and so I can't be friends anymore. Okay. And I think he was completely floored because up until that point, I had never even mentioned remotely wanting to consider making things work. Right. And if I may ask, how long did you know about the other woman? Um, actually, pretty much the whole time. But and he played it off and I know everybody's thinking yeah right (laughs) but it was more of a companion type relationship she's more in his age group and has a disability a physical disability Um, so it was more of that kind of he would do stuff for take her places um, type relationship but so I knew off and on about her for a long time and okay. they would, he would completely stop things for a little bit, and then he would end up just, she would come back again bugging for something, and he would just go right back into it. So you make it sound as if he had a very strong emotional connection with her. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I asked you earlier if he had feelings of limerence toward you, and you said mm-hmm. yes. At the same time, he continued to be involved with this other person. Right. How do you, what do you think was happening inside of his head? Um, I can guarantee he felt like this other 
person, I'll just call her Jane, um, was, again, more his age. Um, it was more socially acceptable for him to be seen out with her. Um, you know, it was just, and she, again, is, doesn't have children, is on disability, doesn't work. So she was able to, at the drop of a hat, when he needed someone to go with him on a vacation or go away for the weekend or, you know, whatever he wanted to do, she would always be free and available. Okay. Now, since you've heard me talk about limerence some, you've probably heard me talk about a thing called the halo effect. And the halo effect is where that when you look at the other person, the, the L-O, the limerent object, the person that you're, quote, madly in love with, end quote, mm-hmm. you tend to see only the good things about the person and to um, diminish any bad mm-hmm. things. So is that kind mm-hmm. of what was happening here? It was like, like I, I don't like this, but because of right. the fact that I'm viewing him as I do, I diminish the importance of that. Correct, because I still looked at it as, well, I can understand, you know, here he's got this woman and that wants something more, but yet, you know, I felt like he was almost, you know, being a good person, still trying to help her financially and still doing things with her. She doesn't have family, um, you know, so she'd be all alone if he didn't have any, like, okay. and, if and he it, wasn't there for her. Got you. And, and that, I think, would be a perfect description of what we call the halo effect, that you looked at yes. it and, and the light that was least destructive to you. Okay, so when you broke it off with him, how did he react? Um, I didn't really, uh, he didn't really make uh, too much of a big deal. You know, he was just, okay, I, re- I respect what you want. Mm-hmm. And, and there how did wasn't you feel a about whole it? lot. Now, how did you um, feel I felt about horrible. That kind of I felt okay. horrible because I was honestly a part of me um, was hoping that he would really like pull out all the stops to get me to change my mind. Okay. So did that give you an indication that perhaps he is not, at least at, the, at that point, was not in limerence with you? No, I mean, probably not that head over heels, I suppose, because, again, he's just at a different place in his life where he's not as easily going to get wrapped up in all that like I would. Um, I still, at that point, even still then, feel like he loves me. And, Mm -hmm. you know. It was just he was respectful of, you know, I still have younger children, and if I felt like that was what was best for them, and, you know, he had always offered to help me, you know, whatever, if I was going to try to do the whole single mom thing mm-hmm. to help me with that route or whatever whatever I felt okay. like I needed to do. Okay. Did he ever ask you to marry him or anything like that? He did. Okay, and how far back was that? That was October, about like September, October of 14. Okay. And so we started things in February of 14, so that was that fall. And mm-hmm. he mentioned as soon as my, uh, at that time my divorce was set to be final in November, mm-hmm. and he mentioned like the weekend after just going away 
and getting married. Did he ever bring that up again? Um, not, well, yes and no, because then at that point, too, we also started, um, he drew up plans, and we started building a house together. Oh, so he was making plans to be with you at one point. Yes. Yeah, he okay. made specifically aware, you know, to build a home. Of course, he doesn't have any children at home. They're much older. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. he made, you know, plans. I have a uh, four children, and he was going to have a five-bedroom home to make sure all my kids got a bedroom. And just, mm-hmm. I mean, it was very well planned out. Okay. Now, that was about two years ago. So mm-hmm. apparently, apparently that did not occur. Correct. Okay. And if I may ask why, why did it not occur? Um, the uh, friend, our companion of his, Jane, she caught mm-hmm. wind of everything. He finally was, you know, going to tell her, hey, I'm sorry, but I've got these plans. I'm building a home. I'm planning on being with this other woman. And she threw out all every guilt trip she had, and she convinced him that he was too old that, you know, he wouldn't, it wasn't fair to me or my children, that he wouldn't be able to keep up with a growing family, uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, used all that to just and scare that him. Was about, that was about when? That was about um, end of, very end of October of 14. Okay. So the same month where he first mentioned the possibility of you guys marrying and building the house, within that same month is when mm-hmm. he was affected by her and backed off from that. Yeah. Okay. And apologized and said he couldn't do it. (laughs) Uh, I see. Okay. All right. uh, Let me give a a brief commercial here. Just one second for those who are listening. We Mm -hmm. ask you if you will, uh, and I'm talking to people out there who are listening. So forgive me. I take 30 seconds for a commercial. If you guys can help us make this program better, there's a survey I'd like you to take. If you will. If you go to www.marriagehelper.com, that's marriagehelp, E-R, marriagehelper.com. So www.marriagehelper.com slash marriage radio, all one word, marriage radio. You'll see there a survey. And if you don't mind taking that survey, uh, it will really help us. I'm talking to everybody who's listening out there who will be willing to do this. That survey will help us make this program better. So pardon me, Angela, for taking that little commercial to say that. Okay. Now, are you divorced? No. Okay, so that divorce was going to be final in 2014, but it's still not. Are you uh, still in the process of divorce, or has that been put on hold? It has been put on hold. It's not been closed, but it's just setting, you know, kind of on hold. All right, and the reason that it's on hold is for what? Um, well, because... You know, my husband and I, we're still kind of at that point where we don't know for sure what we're doing. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So for now, and he just wants to keep it open so we wouldn't have to pay to file it again. Okay. So are you, you're still living at home, I assume? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now you, you said in something that you wrote to me that, not a single day has gone by that you haven't cried because you miss this other gentleman and you feel overwhelming mm-hmm. grief. And yeah. I'll talk about grief in just a second. And you said you wouldn't wish this feeling of helplessness on your worst enemy. 
So can you try to put that in that emotion, those feelings into words for people who are listening, how it feels to go through this grief process? It just feels almost just suffocating. Like you can't do anything about it. Because, you know, you love someone and you want to be with them. And you just, you can't make someone come to, you know, you can't, of course, make someone be with you. Mm -hmm. And so the grief process involves things like anger. Have you felt any of that Mm -hmm. toward this other person? Um, not a whole lot, uh, and I've tried to, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that would make me feel better if I could get mad at him for not, mm-hmm. you know, trying to hold mm-hmm. on to me. Um, okay. But I just can't. Have you felt any anger toward anyone, you, your husband, anybody else? Um, I felt anger for my, uh, towards myself for ever mm-hmm. letting this happen. Mm-hmm. And anger okay. towards my husband as well. Okay. Because of the, the difficulties and problems you had back earlier. And yet, right. and, and if I remember correctly, what you said just a little while ago was, but you really didn't tell him what the problems were back at the time. And, and as you said, I know now I should have, but I didn't. So was some of that anger toward him based on the fact that you were, well, you already said it, that you were angry at you, that you didn't talk to him about those things back then? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, angry that we didn't try to make things better. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, now you say that you're in a similar profession with this other gentleman. Does that mean that you are still in contact with him? Um, I, I see him on a regular basis, yes. Regular means daily, weekly, monthly? Um, surprisingly, at least weekly. At least weekly. And how does he act towards you? Oh, he acts, um, you know, very, like, uh, you know, if I come in the room, I mean, he lights up. He's the very same happy-go-lucky wanting to joke. And, and again, it's a situation where other people around us, of course, don't know, and I don't want them to know. So I can't, Mm -hmm. like, I have to keep a certain demeanor or they would automatically know that something was up if I just tried to ignore him. Right. So the fact that you're seeing him weekly and the fact that when he sees you, he, as you say, lights up, et cetera, et cetera. Does that make it that much more difficult to get past this? Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it gives me like, I feel like a glimmer of hope that maybe he's going to come around eventually. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping notes of all these things because in a few minutes I want to summarize all this. Now, if you, if you don't mind, I'm going to move into some things now. We've gotten several questions that were emailed in. As I have said, I won't talk to anybody live while you're on the air with me because I don't want anybody to mistreat you, and that's always a possibility. And so some of the other questions uh, people have asked me are things like this. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, this person actually gave you a compliment. First of all, thank you for being courageous enough to help many of us try to understand our spouses involved with somebody else. It means more than you know. So there's a compliment from one person. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, okay, what were or are some of the specific things you would advise us, meaning the spouses who are trying to save the marriage, to not do while attempting reconciliation? 
He says, for example, he feels like he's been doing everything possible to be a safe place and to work on the pies, the that's the attraction stuff we talk about, and I'm seeing lots of progress. He says, in your opinion, specifically what things can we avoid so that uh, we don't do anything that messes it up? What he's saying is, if I were your husband, what should I not do if you're going to try to ever make this marriage work? And is that question making sense to you at all? Yes, it makes perfect sense. Um, okay. Not smother, not smother me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me, I know it's painful for him, but even if he has to go away, you know, go somewhere, um, take a walk or something, but when I get in a position where I'm really missing this other person, just to let me cry, like let me have my moment mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to get through that moment and not, you know, not make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the biggest thing that we dealt with, um, too, was while I was in limerence with this other man and my husband, you know, the whole time was like, I want our marriage, we need to work on things. And long story, I also then found out that he started seeing and talking to other women. So mm-hmm. no matter how much you're tempted to, so now, again, and I know it's hypocritical of me because of what I've done, but that makes mm-hmm. it even harder for me to have any feelings for him. So what? it's like try to withstand that temptation of wanting to try to look for, you know, someone else in the meantime until your spouse comes back. Okay. Actually, all the things you're saying are things that we teach, and um, thank you for, you know, verifying them and, and from a person who's in the situation. But, yeah, when you're trying to manipulate, control, uh, et cetera, and that other thing, and often often the spouse who's trying to save the marriage doesn't like to hear this, but you just said it, and I'm going to bring it up again, which is there is a grief response when you yeah. end the other relationship. And, yeah. and, and, Obviously, many of the spouses who are listening, whose, whose spouses are in limerence or getting over limerence or whatever the situation may be, are thinking, yeah, well, when that ends, I don't want my spouse to grieve losing it. I want my spouse to just all of a sudden be who he or she was before or better. Right. But the reality of it is that whenever, whenever we lose, end, stop, whatever word you want to use, a relationship that has a great meaning to us, there is always a grief process that goes through it, Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And and if the other person, we had a couple on here not long ago, Petra and Richard, and she actually helped him go through his grief process, which I think was just amazingly strong, but they're very, very strong people. And she actually helped him go through the grief process. And what you're saying is, if you're not going to help me with it, at least don't freak out about it. If, if you see me crying or upset, try to Correct. understand Okay. Yeah. And then, the, and the last thing you say, which is, okay, if you're going to try to make things work with me, don't start looking for somebody else. I think that makes a lot of right. sense. And, and I'm sure that some people like there will hear it just as you said it, where you said that may sound hypocritical on my part. And some people probably think that, but mm-hmm. when you really want to be that, that person that the other person is, is in love with, which you wanted from the other guy, obviously, then, mm-hmm. Even even with your husband, when you know, I, you know, thinking I'm second best, or there's that you're moving on 
it's hurtful, even in a situation like you're in. I, I get that. Now, here's some specific questions people have asked, like, what are you personally doing to try to stop the obsessive thinking about him? Um, I just try to stay extremely busy. I've got four kids that are still from sophomore to kindergarten, so I, mm-hmm. and they're in all kinds, several sports. Um, in different activities, so I am constantly running. You know, I work pretty much eight to five, and then mm-hmm. go straight from that to activities, and then it's bedtime. So just trying to right or wrong, just completely stay busy and keep my mind occupied with other things. Mm-hmm. Have you considered changing occupations since that puts you back in contact with him so much? Um, I actually did once. <laughs> I left um, the vicinity of where we know each other um, back after things broke up the first time, and I was so hurt by it that I just had to get away from him, and I was miserable. I missed just what I did and just everything about it um, that I ended up uh, going back Mm-hmm. And do you think that in the long run that's really helpful to you? Not, I mean, yeah, honestly not helpful in the fact of uh, trying to get over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and my if, hope is he'll be retiring in a few years. So. <laughs> yeah, but if you're feeling this kind of grief every day, a few years will seem yeah. like forever, don't you think? It will. It already has. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been right where you are. It was three decades ago, more than three decades ago. And so it's been a long time, but I remember very vividly those emotions. And so I understand Angela. And again, that's not her real name, but the name we're calling her here to protect her identity. Angela, I I know how that feels, but for your own, and, and if you, well, I know how I would feel if I were in your shoes. Part of me would be thinking, I don't want to change occupations, professions, whatever it is that you're doing that puts you in contact with him because, because maybe just maybe one day I'll walk in and when he lights up, he'll come back over and say, I miss you. I have to have you. Even if I were trying to end it and move on, there'd be a part of me hoping, hoping that he would still change his mind. And so is that part of why you're still there? Oh, that's a huge part. Okay. A huge part. Yet, Based on what you said, and I realize what you're dealing with is strong emotion. I've been there. I know how powerful this emotion is. From every logical standpoint, the fact that um, saying let's get married, let's build a house, all transpired in less than a month and then ended, and the fact that this woman is there and apparently has a tremendous amount of influence on him to where Mm -hmm. finally you said, I can't live like that anymore. I can't do that. I mean, from a logical standpoint, do you think that everything says – that this is not going to be a long-term relationship with him, even though part of you wishes it to be. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, logic. It, it's just right. it's hard for me because I just feel like I'm never going to feel that way for anyone else. So I debate between just right. that's I why I that. feel like I'll just stay in my marriage, you know, for the children and it's just mm-hmm. financial reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, based on, on your age and how long you've been married, your children are all relatively young, based on mm-hmm. what you said earlier. Okay. Yes. The, the, this thing that we call limerence, that intensity, 
you probably will not feel again, but I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. And based on the research of Dr. Helen Fisher and many others, plus the experience we've had with thousands, if you had wound up marrying this other gentleman, at some point it would have come down from there with him as well. Now, I, I know you've heard me say that, but do you really believe that? No, I don't. I wish I did, but I don't. (laughs) I understand because of the fact that you're working off what it feels like right now and what it felt like back in March when you ended it, right? Yeah. Okay. If there were a methodology, if there were something you could do that could actually reduce these emotions, do you think you'd do it or does there still so much hope that maybe someday he would change his mind that you wouldn't? Um. I probably would. There's certain days, like I said, that are rougher than others. Um, but I, I, I think I would just for the fact that in the past, throughout um, our ups and downs, even again, apart from wanting to or not wanting to get back with my husband, um, mm-hmm. I've came so closest to started to seek out, like even to try like hypnotherapy, anything, just to try to mm-hmm. kind of forget or dull or mute how I feel right. for him. So do you have a therapist or counselor that you're working with with this? I do not. Okay. And have you considered asking your, your doctor, your gynecologist, family doctor, whoever you see most often, have you considered asking a physician for uh, a prescription of something such as Zoloft? Um, not that. I'm on a different, other, a different antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Do you know if it's an SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor? Um, I don't believe so. Okay. Because there are a lot of different antidepressants, and you understand I am not a physician. <laughs> and and no, even, if I were, I, I, even if I were, I couldn't prescribe over the Internet. You, <laughs> you understand. Right. Right. Let me just su- suggest to you, talking to your physician, Zoloft is one of the SSRIs, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Part of what's happening inside of your brain and we know this from the work of Fisher and her colleagues, which do amazing work, is, is the fact that there is a decrease in serotonin, which is part of why you're feeling all of this intense emotion that you feel right now. And mm-hmm. Zoloft appears, Zoloft, Z-O-L-O-F-T, Zoloft appears to be the one that has the most effect. And again, this is some of the research that's, uh, that Fisher and her colleagues have done. Any SSRI mm-hmm. could do it, but Zoloft seems to be the one that, based on what I'm hearing anecdotally from people, that could actually cut the intensity of the emotion you're feeling right now. In other words, level okay. it out some. And, and so I recommend that you ask your doc. Obviously, he or she will know whether it's a good thing for you or not. I can't do that. And, right. and when it comes to your marriage and the other situation, there are actually two different situations. And I remember how I dealt with it. I tried thinking about and I just call her Sally Sue. It's not her real name because I don't want to ever, you know, cause her any problems either. But I couldn't think about how I was going to deal with ending it with Sally Sue and think about whether or not Alice and I would get back together in the same thought process. I just couldn't do it. And with the couples that I've worked with over the many years now, they really are two different issues. And mm-hmm. what you have described, what you have described with this other gentleman, you realize, and as a matter of fact, uh, you can actually go back and listen to this later. It'll be on marriageradio.com, and then later it'll be on iTunes under uh, free. They're on iTunes under uh, Marriage Radio. If you go back and listen to yourself again, what you're going to hear, I think, 
is you're describing a situation that from the get-go shows that you had a tremendous need that was not being fulfilled, but you know that. And when it started being fulfilled, you went after it gung-ho. That, yeah. you did feel, that you did feel some guilt. But that the, one of the ways that you have dealt with your guilt is that you modified your belief and value system so that you wouldn't feel guilty. And part of that process, and again, I'm just saying back what you said to me, part of that process was you changed your interactions um, with church, with, with your spiritual life. And, yes. um, and part of that, if I heard you correctly, was so that you didn't feel guilty, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. so when you modify, when you change your belief and value system, you actually start changing and you start becoming a different person. Would I be correct to assume that if I had been talking to you five years ago, as opposed to talking to you right now, that I might perceive you in a different light? Oh, definitely. Okay. A much different light. Okay. So when we change our belief and value system, we become a different person. Now, uh, if you go back and listen, and, and again, I'm, I'm trying not to be harsh at all because I've been where you are. I know how that feels. I am, I am you, just a lot older, okay? And, and, okay, and a different gender, and a different gender, obviously. I wasn't the mm-hmm. handsome guy that, that thought, okay, I'm, I'm handsome enough and young enough and virile enough that I can make her fall in love with me. I didn't go through that process, so congratulations that you're pretty. I didn't have that. But when we go back to look at the other things, if you want to go back and listen to it, from everything you've described, it indicated the halo effect because of the uh-huh. fact that you, di- you diminished the fact that he was involved with the other woman. You diminished the fact that he hurt you terribly the first time he said to you, I can't fall in love with every person that I go to bed with. And we cleaned up that language some from what he said, based on what I heard you say earlier, that, yeah. that if you go back and, and just listen to what you've said, you've described a situation which was pretty well impossible all along. And had really only one brief period of time where he indicated total commitment to you, and that lasted less than a month. Now, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to hurt you at all. I'm actually trying to help because I feel, I feel with you, not for you, but with you. That, that situation, and I'm glad that he's being kind to you in one sense because you deserve to be treated kindly, I kind of hate the fact that he's being kind to you in another sense because it keeps that hope alive. Yeah. And as long as you let that, as long as you let that happen, you're going to stay as miserable as you are now. But it sounds like his personality is the kind where he's not going to be cruel and mean and angry to you. He's going to be, no. well, that's just not who he is. So if you really want to get past what you feel for him, if you want to get past this, then I think, and of course you have to make your own decisions and you didn't call for me to tell you how to fix your life, but I'm just talking out loud because I, <laughs> I relate to you. You'd have to find a way to change your occupation enough where you don't see him. And mm-hmm. you probably do need to it, at least ask your doctor about an SSRI. He or she will know what that means. Kind of an antidepressant yeah. rather than what you're on now. And that you may need some grief counseling to help you deal with the grief of what you've lost. Now, all of that is actually separate from whether or not you ever work out a marriage with your husband. Okay? Yeah. Those are actually two different issues. But the one that's the most important and you've got to deal right now is this pain you're in because I know, I know how that feels. I thought I was going crazy when I felt that. You ever feel yeah. that way? Oh, <laughs> definitely. 
Yeah. Like you can't do any. It's like because I'm such a type A go getter. If I could do X and plus Y, and I'll get Z. You know. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm constantly, you know, at the gym. Oh, if I look even better, or if I mm-hmm. do this, or yeah, that mm-hmm. he'll want me back. And that's God. at least all, like all I can do. So. I know how that feels. I did that. I mean, I didn't try to look better because I'm I never have been a handsome guy, but I had two been successful in my life that whatever I went after, I was able to get like you've been able to do in your profession, those kinds of things. And I just was convinced that I was going to win her to the point where she was going to be so crazy about me that no other person could ever fulfill her. I mean, all the things you're describing I've been through, of course it didn't work. And it really just damaged me like this, as you know, from the pain you're feeling is damaging you, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, you are so brave, so courageous to come on here and talk about that. I, I admire that. I am not sitting in judgment on you. Obviously, you know, I've made pretty clear my beliefs and values. I believe that, that, you know, you don't step outside the marriage, that kind of thing, but I'm not going to beat you up for that because I know how it feels. I know how it happens. And if anybody's listening, who thinks that Angela wow, you know, you seem to have gone after it to begin with. Notice that she really didn't go after it in the sense of go looking for it. But when the opportunity presented itself for her to feel emotionally fulfilled, she went after it then. And mm-hmm. and while I'm sure that people out here who are standing for their marriages and whose spouses have been involved in an affair are thinking, you should have not done that. Well, I agree. And probably you agree with that too, really, right? Yes, if I would have, okay. yeah, before it ever began, yeah. Right, understand. But once those emotions get started, once you get into that, it's awfully hard to control. Mm-hmm. Well, if ever I can help you, truly, I wish to do that. I am so Thank honored you. that you have come on here and been so honest. And, and you've let me, you know, talk pretty straight about some things here. I've been trying to be very careful so I don't offend you. But, you, you know, I've said some pretty direct things. So now let me ask you, what would you say to people out there right now who are beginning to get into this kind of relationship with somebody other than the husband or wife? What would you say to them? They're right at the beginning of it. What is your message to those people? Uh, run the other way. <laughs> Don't do it. And this is from um, somebody who's been there. Mm-hmm. It's so, yeah, enticing. But at least, like, you have to decide what to do with your marriage. Mm. And, again, I'm not advocating divorce, but it basically don't don't open another door while you still have another one open. It just, mm-hmm. It's just too much. It is too much, isn't it? And what would you say to somebody else in your situation? They're on the on the back end of this, and they're hurting. What would you say to them? That's a hard one because I don't necessarily know what I say to myself other than mm-hmm. just tomorrow will be a better day. And maybe can. I'll forget. <laughs> well, I don't think you're going to forget, but there is a way to heal. And what would you say? You've already given a message to them. But anything else you wish to say to the person who's listening, whose spouse is in limits with somebody else? And this person is saying, help me know more about what I should do and should not do to try to help save my marriage. What else would you have to say to those people? Um, I mean, the only, 
the only real thing you can do is just try to be as kind as you can to them and pray for them. And again, make sure that you yourself try to stay on the right path, that you don't go off looking, because then that just makes them, when they find out, it's not going to help anything. Right. Okay, so one last question, and this is obviously none of my business, but I'm just curious. Are you going to, uh, do you have any plans to do something about your spiritual life or not? Um, yes, and I've gotten more in, um, tried to get back into church some. Um, we're in sports tournaments on the weekend so much that we travel with, but um, mm-hmm. I actually went through a Tristeus um, program, oh. yeah, back Good. a few months ago. That was really wonderful. Good. Um, but it is just this, it's just this push-pull of feeling guilty and mm-hmm. occasionally feeling an anger towards God. I understand that. You were determined, God, that you weren't going to let this happen because you don't mm-hmm. want me to get a divorce. You mm-hmm. know, as mm-hmm. right or as wrong as that is, that's just being quite blunt how I have definitely oh. felt at times. That, I, I oh. screamed and yelled. I screamed and yelled yeah. at him. <laughs> I and remember I'm like, that. you win, God. I'll be miser- in a miserable marriage, but, you know, you'll be happy because we're not divorced. Okay, well, remember again that the situation with the other guy in the marriage are two different issues. We can help you. We can help you once you decide. Well, that's wrong. That's the wrong thing. Once you heal from this pain that you're in now, then we can actually help you figure out how to have a good marriage. It's actually possible. I felt all those things about Alice when I left her. All the things that you described about your husband, I felt about Alice. And and uh, I actually divorced Alice and was gone three years before I finally came back and asked her if she'd like to try it again. And I can say right now that our marriage is not perfect. I don't think there is a perfect marriage, no. but it's very good and very deep. It's it's not the same intensity of the emotions of a limerence. It's not, but it's it just has deeper roots and it feels good. I know you can have that, but obviously right now what you need to do is to get those things. And may I suggest that. Sometimes God and church don't have to go together. Now, I'm not anti-church. I must understand. But sometimes just spending some time alone with God can give you a lot of what you need to do. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. I owe you. Feel free to ask me a favor in return, (laughs) and I will do that for you. Uh, And thank you for what you've done tonight. I really appreciate it, okay? You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. All right, you have a good evening. And again, if you'll help us by going to marriagehelper.com, that's marriagehelper.com slash marriageradio, and complete the survey there, that will help us very much. She has been very courageous. We have used up our hour and gone a little over. Thank you, Angela, not a real name. Thank you, Angela, for your honesty. Thank all of you for listening. And next Tuesday, beginning at 9, our next program, 9 p.m. Central Time.